As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Thursday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials, go there, join the militia. Thirsty Thursday. This is this is your first stop for old news. And that's fine, because here you are. And here we are. We wanted to get here sooner, but um, we didn't, and I'm not even sure why. So I mean, <laughs> maybe it was the weather. I have no idea. But we are going to talk about. We'll, we'll mention uh, Jaden Bass and Mike Daniels. Okay, a couple verbal commits for 2023 that happened since we were last on, and also. Um, Joe wants to brag about his bracket, but we're going to really, really be quick about that. But he, I don't want to brag did, about anything. He did bring up a great point, though. He did bring up a great point, and he did the TBT bracket, and um, he did win more money than Bayheim's Army, which is a great <laughs> point. So after busting his chops, he dropped the truth bomb on me, and uh, I had nothing after that. So uh, anyways, we can... We can uh, whistle past the graveyard on Bayheim's army uh, real yep. quick. And real quick. Uh, then ACC media day happened and Joe was like, look, w- you know, watch the presser and see if we can put some stuff together. And I was like, okay, sounds like a great idea. How long is it? He's like, oh, it's about half an hour. You got three players and coach. I was like, okay, so I'll do that. So um, I accidentally watched the interview with the guys from the ACC network first and I'm like oh crap I just recorded the wrong thing and it was good and I had a lot of stuff written down so then I watched the press conference and I about fell asleep so I listened to about half of the press conference Joe I don't know if you went back and listened to the ACC media day sit down with the ACC guys you did did okay all right perfect all right um was it a little bit more energetic than the press conference or was that me am I just being a cynic no, I think um, in that type of setting, I think it's a lot easier for kids that aren't used to talking to media all that much yes, to be a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, and I believe in, in, in the, that panel is filled with a lot of ex players and coaches, coaches. So I think that you know they're pretty good at making it seem kind of you know taking that tension off. It's and, a, and more it a more relaxed environment and, for yes, them. Absolutely. Yeah, and they came across way better than they were during the press conference. Um, especially Bergeron, who is very 
uh, it was night and day, which um, <laughs> was was worth the listen. And we've well, so we'll do the first coach montage of the year as we go into our sixth football season. Believe it or not, this will be our sixth football Shut season. Up. It is. Yeah, I, I looked it up. Uh, wow. Yeah. So we already finished up six basketball seasons, going into our sixth football season. And yeah, um, we were here with, with Schaefer, huh? No. We did Schaefer's last nope. year. No, we didn't. No, nope, we did Babers first year. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. Yep. So, or, excuse me. I think this is Babers' seventh year. So we did his second year. I can't remember, man. No, man it was 2016. Back, I I yeah, it was 2016, something like that. So, um, which you know, it was 2017 because football season comes the year we started the basketball season 2016. So the football season was 2017. You dig? Right. You know what I'm saying, right? Dig. Okay. I dig. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. With that said, uh, Joe, let's. Um, the biggest news of the off, se- off season so far, f- for for anybody who didn't know, Babers did follow us back on Twitter. That was the biggest news that I had so far. Okay, ACC Media Day kicked it up a notch, but we didn't learn a whole lot, right? So uh, we had Bayheim's Army. We were super excited about Bayheim's Army, and uh, we just got like, you know, dropped on our heads. It was a huge dis- yeah. it was a huge disappointment. Injuries. Um, the team just didn't. I don't know. That second game against the nerd team was just very unenergetic and hard to watch for me. Yeah, and it, it was, was frustrating. I was being super negative. I was texting Joe super negative things, and I was just pissed. Uh, so all the stuff I don't put on Twitter, I send Joe. Uh, so, uh, it was super up- upsetting, but, um, here we are, you know, I don't know the future of Bayheim's army, not sure, you know, what that looks like. Um, you know, being, starting off as an alumni team and barely having 50% of the players actually, was it 50%? Yes, I think it was. It once, was. Yeah. Once Jimmy came in. Uh, into in, in what we are now and then kind of a big flop. And we had a, a couple years ago, we had a big flop. So uh, the expectation set for Beheim's Army, um, it just it hasn't been met a couple times, and I don't know how long they sustained that. Blue Collar U coming away with the championship, obviously played out of the Syracuse region, also going to get their own uh, home region next year. So... Uh, I mean, that's that's huge for them. Hey, winner um, out of our out of our region, Buffalo. We talked about how good that team was. Yeah. So, and uh, any anyway, uh, any any final thoughts on Bayheim's army? I mean, I looked at it like injuries. I don't know necessarily. You know, it would have been nice to see if 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 everybody was healthy. You know how that would have gone, and I still would have loved to have known what happened with Kyle Wilcher. But nobody's had anything to say about that. I know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, okay, a couple verbal commits uh, over the past two weeks since we've been away. Uh, Jaden Bass, a three-star offensive lineman, six-five-two-ninety-five, uh, becomes the first offensive lineman to commit in his uh, in this class of twenty twenty-three. He was ranked one hundred thirty-third best tackle by two four seven. And he had offers from Navy, Air Force, Army. We love those those offers. We talk about them all the time. Temple, Liberty, among others, um, chose Syracuse. And you know, I think um, 
I think, what did we return on our offensive line this year? It's like 62% or something like that. Is that what I heard? No, I mean, it was everybody but Cervais. Okay. And then, right. um, I mean, we have some people that left the program, so, okay. but he hasn't played. I think, that so. was def- I think that was defense then, that 62% I heard. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yes. All right. Jaden Bass, Joe. Uh, Jaden Bass is a big boy, and again, I mean, this is the type of guys that we get, the three-star linemen. I, I like where our line's at right now, but like you said, 6'5", 295. And, I mean, he's coming out of Massachusetts, which, you know, it's one of those states that a lot of people, a lot of those players in high school, they don't really get the accolades because it's not looked at as a, as a football state, right? Small state. Um, and he also attended the same high school as um Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Defensive lineman Terry Lockett, that we obviously currently, he's going to be probably most likely a starter on our defensive line. So, um, yeah, I mean, he is one of those guys, again, like you said, you look at, I mean, UConn, Air Force, and then some some MAC teams is really who's who's offered him a scholarship. And, again, you see the Air Force, and, and, you know, this is just kind of how this normally happens. I think that we just jump on these guys a little bit early because we tend to lose those, you know, four-star battles with other schools so we jump on guys that are only have scholarships from the air forces in the in the mac teams and stuff and you know he'll end up getting some some more power five conferences right now or right now we are the only power five team that offered him a scholarship so um you know having a, an ex-teammate there hopefully helps um but also this is a situation where if his recruitment blows up um then you know, you never know. This is the stuff you always talk about, right? Like, it's just a verbal. It doesn't mean that it's true. So, first Power 5 conference offer, and then he, he takes the verbal, and then a lot of times when that happens and you start getting other other uh, schools in the Power 5 start, uh, you know, asking and getting, you know, interested, and you never know what happens with that. But I think this guy's going to gonna be somebody that sticks, especially considering the, you know, the relationship with Terry Lockett and everything like that. So um, hopefully everything works out and we keep him because um, I think this is one of those guys that's probably better than what his rating is, uh, just like uh, Terry Lockett was. So um, The other one, the next one, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. This one, and you know me, I, I look at these things very quick and – you know, n- not with a whole lot of seriousness. But this one here, um, Ike Daniels, three-star running back out of Virginia. I think he's from Stafford, Virginia, if I remember right. Um, chose uh, Syracuse over Hawaii. 
but he had some other Power Five offers. Wake Forest out of the ACC, Boston College out of the ACC, Pitt out of the ACC. Virginia, um, Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, got a lot of good offers. He's going to get the Virginia nod, right? So that's why I kind of – and he got the offers, but he's going to get that nod, right? So 5'10", 185 pounds, uh, Mountain View – oh, yes, it is, Stafford, Virginia, uh, yep. according to Noons here. Um, considered by 247 Sports um, – and rivals in ESPN to be a three-star recruit, top 45 running back in his class, though. So that seems high to me. Uh, maybe an underrated three-star, possibly. Um, I don't know, you know how many running backs there are in the class um, throughout the country, but it seems pretty high to me. Well, yeah, and, and when you watch his, his, his highlight tape, which, again, you're always – obviously, the highlight tapes look good. Um, but there's a lot – you can see the talent in the raw talent and how just that alone gets him there with, you know, where he plays. But you can also see that there's so much room for improvement with this guy, um, with his, with the way that he runs as far as, you know, his form and everything. There's so many things that he can tweak um, to probably make him, you know, a better running back. And, you know, 5'10", 185, you can get a little bit of weight on. He's just a tiny bit skinny up top. Yeah, and and it's a situation where this isn't going to be a guy that's going to come in and add. I mean, again, I'm not going to say I don't want to say that 100, percent but I think that you know LaQuint Allen coming in as a freshman, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna turn some heads this year, and he's gonna get some playing time. And obviously, you know, we have Juwan Price as well, so I think everybody's pretty much expecting Sean Tuck. This is going to be his last year, right? So he's going to come in next year, and there's going to be a young, really really hungry group to see who's going to come up in and fill Sean Tucker's spot. Um, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be asked to, you know, pull the load or even possibly even be a part of that unless he shows up a little bit different. But Sean Tucker wasn't asked to do anything either. Yeah, in his first I know. Year. Yeah. And all it takes so, is an opportunity, right? Yeah. So, but I think that Juwan Price and, and LaQuinn Allen are going to do some things this year that are going to put them kind of in the driver's seat of, you know, the one-two punch at running back next year uh, to kind of fill Sean Tucker's spot. But again, like like Sean Tucker just came out of nowhere and then I mean, evolved. We, we for, um, you, forget, you forget a little bit because he's so awesome how that all started with the COVID um, option. Yeah. Right? And going to, what, fourth string running back. I mean, dude, it, there's a chance without COVID that we that there is no Sean Tucker. That's a very good possibility. Even, we may I mean, not even barely know his name. That's what I mean. I yeah. mean, he was one of these type of recruits, a three-star running back probably at the end of the recruiting that was like, hey, we didn't get some of our guys and we want to fill somebody. Oh, here we go. We'll grab him. And he was like fourth or fifth in the depth chart that year. Yeah. And because of COVID, there was people that decided not to play. Mm-hmm. And then Jawar Jordan gets hurt. And all of a sudden, okay. And it didn't take long to understand that this dude was highly, highly underrated. And you thought, you know, a little bit. I mean, you got to be a little skeptical. I'm a skeptic by nature. So you watch him the first couple of times. You're like, yeah, well, people will figure him out. Well, guess what? They, they never really did. It's a freaking truck. So uh, with that said, that will lead us right into... Uh, ACC Media Day. Let's listen to uh, what Coach and the players had to say. Talk about the quarterbacks. All seven quarterbacks returning. Uh, you got a guy in Garrett Schrader who took some great strides. A big offseason for him as he steps in again as your man. Uh, what are you looking forward to seeing most from Garrett this year? Leadership. 
okay. leadership, and he's done nothing but distribute. I mean, demonstrated that. And uh, you know, he's the type of guy where not only is his legs can help us, but the way he fights, the way he competes. If everybody's going to play as hard as him, we're going to have some opportunities to win some games. Coach Sean Tucker, great player, obviously. He's a guy. If you could give it to him 40 times a game, you probably would. If he, if you knew he'd hold, he would hold up. Do you guys have a magical number as far as totes or try how often you try to get the ball to him? You know, that'd be that'd be the best way to get him to go to the pros to tell him that there's a limit. We do not. There, <laughs> the, there, there is no limit. And I will say this, coach, and I say out of all respect, because you're always a coach to me, like the term boo, you're a coach to me. I stood behind him the entire spring, and I'm being modest about what I'm about to say. He's better. Wow. And I'm, I don't know how to. He's, I'm not going to lie to you guys. He, he's better, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a sight to see. Your defense, man, that's always been stout. Mikael Jones, I think, leading tacker last year. How has he grown coming into this last season? Heartbeat of the defense, not even close. The guy, he's the leader of that entire defense, and uh, they go as he go. And his group, Stephon Thompson, uh, Marlo Wax. Those three linebackers, mm -hmm. OMG. Yeah. That's some young people terms right there, <laughs> OMG. So he is, he, you know, those guys, when they're on the field, they're, they're almost like a glove. They just kind of know what in the heck's going on. And uh, they all bring something to the party. I'm not making this up now. That, that group may be the best group ever for us. Wow. I mean, and we've got some cats that are still in the pros playing linebacker. Right. But as a group, wow. Real quick, I just want to stay with the, the defense that we were talking about there, that 3-3-5 scheme from defensive coordinator Tony White. We talked about all the pieces of what make it special, but what is unique about that defense that also allows it to shine? You know, I think the unpredictability of the defense. I mean, you get offensive linemen coming to the line of scrimmage, and they're not quite sure. You're 100% you know, right. I, I hate that, that damn thing. Uh, <laughs> I hate scheming it. Yeah. I wanted to ask you again about Garrett, your quarterback, right? Because obviously this year he's coming in as QB1. How much more confident does that make you, and how much more confident do you think it makes him as well? Well, you know, it's his team right now, and he's, 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 he's demonstrated that, his work ethic, stuff that they've done over the summer to get better, and they need to continue to do that. And the way I look at it is, you know, every job's open, but if you're going to go get that job, wow, we're going to have some kind of quarterback. Absolutely. So go get it. Right. Go get it if you can, but if not, we're going to be sitting good at that position. And we're talking to, to Coach Dino Babers before you jumped out here, and he said, I'm not trying to really dive into the, the record books and the history, and there's some guys in the league playing at the defensive level representing Syracuse, but this might be our best group we've ever had as a, as a core. How does it make you feel to hear something like that? Uh, it makes me feel great, and I, I believe it's the truth. Coming in uh, since 2020 season when, when I was a sophomore and most of half, like half of the starters were freshmen, we were, just, uh, we were just babies coming up, and we made a lot of noise that year, uh, on the defensive side at least, and I feel like that's a true statement. You guys host Louisville week one, conference opponent, and oh, by the way, that quarterback's Malik Cunningham. For a guy like you, whose number one assignment is to be contained that man, how excited are you for that challenge right out of the gates? Man, I'm excited. That's, that's a perfect way to start the season off. Like, you're seeing one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. You're getting a little bit of everything. You're getting a lot of pass. You're getting a lot of run. It's an exciting game to start it off, and I feel like it's going to tell a lot about our season. Uh, talk, to, talk a little bit about your quarterback, Garrett Schrader. I mean, fun watch on, on film, ask Coach Babers about him, said he just wants to see that leadership. So how have you seen him grow in that area? He, 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 he's calling all types of uh, player-led practices. Nice. Wow. He's keeping, uh, he's holding accountability, like holding people accountable, uh, even on the defensive side. Awesome, awesome. It's nice to see from a quarterback. 
Garrett, uh, this offseason, what, what's been your main focus to try to get better at what you need to get better at? What, what'd you, when you look back at last season, would you say, I got to get better here? Uh, the biggest thing is last year it felt like we were fighting uphill and, um, you know, coming into a new school, this is this will be my fourth OC in four years. And uh, this will only be my third year playing the position. But um, just embracing this new offense, you know, I've had a little bit of familiarity with it with uh, Mike Leach and uh, being that, you know, that, that air raid style. So just getting these guys right and uh, making sure we're where, where we need to be. And uh, it feels like it's the first time I've had control of the offense. And, you know, I'm not really, you know, worried splitting rush with other people. But, uh, you know, we're really starting to get sharp. We're starting to get there in about practice seven of uh, spring ball. I mean, we felt like we were light years of where we were at the end of last year. You've got two pretty good guys back Man. there, especially uh, with their feet, the elusiveness, mm-hmm. being able to extend plays, uh, and then Sean Tucker and, and the special player that he is. How fun is it? And does it make your job a little bit easier knowing you have two studs like that behind you? Oh, 100%, man. Being office in line, sometimes, you know, you go miss blocks, miss assignments, and these guys, they can make it happen. Sean Tucker, you know, you miss a block, he, he, can, he can make it happen with his feet. We know he's a big dude. You know, I see a lot of defenders, you know, bouncing off him, you know. So it's, it's really exciting that Schrader out there in the backfield, you know, you miss a block. Some some DN think he got an easy sack, but nah. He's then next thing you know, Schrader's ten yards downfield. So yeah, it's it's I'm grateful. Matthew, I learned something new a few minutes ago that you're from Montreal, Quebec. So how has the game here in America changed from what you learned when you were in high school playing the CFL rules? Mm-hmm. So growing up, I played in the CFL rules. You know, 12 player on the field, wider field, larger field, wow. uh, receivers with a 10 yard head start. So it, it was really different for me. You know, getting to that transition, coming to Syracuse. You know, I'm French, so there's different terms, football terms that I had to learn. But, you know, the coaching staff made a great job of making it easier for me. And I got, you know, in the position where I could start as a freshman. And now I've got a lot of experience and I'm just ready to, you know, leave it all out there. All right, Joe. Right. Well, the, the first thing after, first of all, after watching all that, the, um, the demeanor of all the players and even coach just seems to be starting off totally different than the past couple of years, in my opinion. Um, you don't have an issue at quarterback or a potential issue, and we we hammered enough last year. You're starting with what you you, you know you're going to be. You know you're going to be starting with what you're going to be starting with. Everybody is, knows where they're going to be. There's no question marks. Um, and you're returning a lot of the linebacker core. You're returning. Uh, so let's start at the top here and um, and, and just kind of try to hit some of this. Um, every team in the Atlantic is returning. This is the last year of this setup, too, with uh, the conference setup. Uh, every, every team in the Atlantic is returning quarterbacks. So uh, Coach has asked about, you know, about Garrett Schrader, and he said his leadership. And uh, you heard Michael Jones, you know, say that, you know, he's holding offense and defense accountable, and he's a voice on the field. That's huge. I just don't think he ever got comfortable in that position last year, maybe towards the end of the year, but spending the whole year, you got the same offensive coordinator, some familiarity there with that, and being able to be, you know, being respected by our offensive line and, and everybody else on the team and being able to be the voice, the leadership voice on the field. That's huge. Just that yeah. alone is huge to start the year. So, oh, yeah. And then the, when you look at it last year, it was a situation where, I mean, we know that there was the locker room. There was a divide. There was some type of divide. We don't know the percentage. Right. But there right. was people that thought Schrader should be in there. And there was people that thought the should be. In it there. felt I mean, that we way had for some sure. people that transferred because of that. Correct. So 
um, it's a situation where by the time he got the job and then won the team over and then got comfortable, we had injuries. We had people going to transfer portal. We were playing, you know, against lost time. And there's a situation where other teams were playing. They're just farther along in their development throughout the season because we didn't decide what we wanted to do until week four or five. So, and then again, we know that there were still three or four winnable games there, right there that we, that we just didn't squandered. take. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a chance, there's an easy, easy chance that we could have been seven and five versus five and seven last year. And there's a lot of people again, that don't know that because people and fans, and they're not going to go back and look at the standings and look at the record and look at the games so I think already, I mean, I looked at myself, I looked at last year as a missed opportunity for a bowl game because I thought we had a manageable schedule and I thought we had the talent. And then I think that at some point we proved we had the talent, but the depth and the people leaving and just not being a far as far along kind of came back and bit us in the butt. So this year I think we're actually going to be starting off from game one like in a way better position than I think a lot of people as far as other people in the college football world not just us our fans but i think that we're going to be better off game one than a lot of people expect for sure (laughs) yeah and we'll get to that game one uh because it was mentioned and we'll talk about it here real quick um sean tucker we talk about guys getting bigger faster stronger all the time no matter what it is in college sports you got these kids are still growing um obviously and and working out and and finding their own and getting better every year, hopefully, right? Well, mm-hmm. um, the first thing Dino Baber said in the press conference and in the ACC um, with that interview that you just heard was that he's trying to downplay but not downplay the fact that Sean Tucker is, is strides better, uh, perhaps, than he was last year. And, I mean, the really only observation or analysis I have for that is that is that could be trouble for everybody. Um and it was trouble for everybody already. But, mm-hmm. but with, uh, you know, and you heard, you heard them talk about, um, you know, traders, the obvious number one. So if there was any, if there was still anybody out there who thought that that wasn't going to happen, um, I think that solidifies it, right? So, right. Um, uh, but with Sean Tucker, Joe, uh, if he can stay healthy, which, you know, it, running backs is tough, and especially if you're just going to feed him and feed him and feed him. Um, pretty resilient guy though, and we saw last year he took a beating and kept on going. Pretty, he's in the he's in the weight room all the time. Dino said uh, that when he w- went to the office on Christmas break last year, when everybody was gone, Sean Tucker's in the weight room by himself, working out. So yeah. that's the dedication it takes. The dude would run track and then go to football practice. Um, you know, I mean. He's just a workhorse, dude. And stay home. Yeah, stay I mean, at he's school. On a oh, he's on a mission for sure. So that and that's just it. The motivation that he has, the self drive that he has, it, you just gotta look at it and say, "I'm so glad that that guy is on my team." Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure every teammate he has and every coach he has thinks the same thing, right? I mean. This is a situation where you could look at it one of two ways because um, I these coaches that came in from Virginia, the offensive coaches, the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, um, they're known for you know play calling and kind of molding their their scheme and their system based upon the players that they have, 
not the other way around. They're not trying to fit a damn square peg in a round hole, all right? Not going to happen. So we know that they're going to run Schrader. We know that they're going to run Sean Tucker. And if he didn't get any better, then it's still a problem, right? Like you said. Um, but another thing, and another way you could look at it is by him coming out and trying to, to pump up him, number one, there's a huge thing on Twitter. There's a group that's, you know, Sean Tucker for Heisman. There's a huge thing going on with that. So, you know, you maybe want to use that for some traction, kind of pump his stuff up. But also, if anybody's listening and they want to believe, oh, Sean Tucker's better, well, maybe that's going to scare other defensive coordinators into being like, oh, man, we're going to have to scheme for him every single which could turn around and open the door it, for Schrader. Open and the it's door just, for Schrader or, it, or the it, passing game or somebody else. Dude, to, that's that's how they were able to stay close in that Georgia Tech game, or the Wake Forest game, excuse me, last year. Um, and also that's how they put the biggest win last year was against Virginia Tech. That's how they pulled that those that's how they stayed close in the one and pulled the other one off. Was they just the defense just didn't know. And in talking about defenses not knowing, they're talking about the the unpredictability of the three three five. You got Michael Jones. This dude's chomping at the bit. Dino Babers calls him the heartbeat of, of the defense. Um, led the team in tackles last year. Just an amazing player. I think he was first team ACC as well, right? And there was um, him and Sean Tucker, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, you've got a lot of returning guys. A linebacker, Corey Heard, coach say it could be the, the best that he's ever had uh, with Stefan Thompson and Marlo Wax. Um, you know, and with the three three five, the thing is, is we weren't real sure like how much of it we were seeing this and that. They kept it very vanilla. Well, this year's gonna be totally different, and they're they're able to um, scheme better with just the small communication on the field amongst players. They they know where to be. They know what to do. They understand this thing better. As if they weren't good enough last year. I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to like blow smoke or get too pumped up. But when I, when I listened to um, Michael Jones talk and his knowledge of the 335, because he does go through and explain something very pedestrian things, right. it, it, which confused the hell out of me. But, <laughs> but he explains some very pedestrian things. The dude has the knowledge. And he's running that defense. You got out on the islands, you got um, Deuce and Garrett Williams. And I mean, this thing could be bad. Once you, if you getting past the line and, and even into the secondary is not going to be easy. There, I, I just I don't know what to expect, but I've got to imagine that it's going to be something special. I, I I think that this helps us because it's a situation where three three five. You look at the college game now. College, it's when we grew up, there was ground and pound teams, teams that weren't passing it more than 10 times, 12 times. Like football is a passing game now. So, yeah, OK, our defensive line might not return the starters and, you know, all the people that we had last year. But how many teams are just going to line up and try to get just four or five yards you to death and just nickel and dime yourself down the field? So the people are going to make take shots down the field. And, and really, when it comes to this, um, you know, you need to have the talent, obviously. I, that's be, that's the thing, good. though. They have it. They have it. They do, right? But then yeah. also you need to have the knowledge. And they got that, seems. And they have that, right? Because yeah. this is their third year. So now yeah. they have the knowledge. Now when you bring the confidence into it, now when you actually put – because part of that is, okay, I'm a really good athlete. I have the talent. 
But if you don't got it all upstairs as far as you don't have it down, like you know exactly what you need to do, then sometimes you look lost out there and you can't make up for not for the knowledge just because you're talented, right? So when you can put those two together, then that's when you get the confidence. And when you get all three, then that's a dangerous player. Now, when you have a linebacker core of three players that are all at the same place, that's what's dangerous. If because you, every yeah. single one of those guys knows this to the T. They're going to be playing games with the offensive line. They know yes. what they're doing. Yeah. And now, not only do they have the talent, the strength, and the knowledge, but now they have the confidence and I mean, I'm super, the, super the confidence excited to see. I mean, is is huge. You can just tell, just by the way. I mean, Michael Jones doesn't skip a beat. When you can tell, he is so excited to talk about his defense. Of course, he agrees with Coach that this is the best, right? But oh. it is it is quite possible that that is an understatement. Uh, um, well, yeah, you, but I mean, that wasn't too far away. It wasn't such that long time ago where we had a. A Zaire Franklin and a Jonathan Thomas and a Paris Bennett that were pretty good. It seems like eons ago. It does because they were Schaefer guys. But at the same time, yeah, these guys are better. And, I mean, I know what Mikel Jones brings to the table because he's already proven it. But, I mean, I'm excited for Marlo Wax. I mean, yeah, that was a guy – I remember when we signed him and I was like – and the offense and defense yeah. coordinators were are, were fighting over – are he going to play Yeah, is he going to play running back? Linebacker? Yeah. Like, I remember talking about the verbal commitment. It was one of yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah, and that was one of those guys that when we got him, I was like, this dude's going to be a stud no matter where he lands. And then, you know, he lands in linebacker, and that's a guy that I'm excited about too. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm super, super excited about them, and hopefully – that can make up for the lack of experience in the front. Yeah, and, and the defense was not bad last year. I think we all mm-hmm. re- remember that. It's just going to be yep. that much better this year. And the three three five is like Forrest Gump said. It's like a, a box of chocolates. He was actually talking about the three three five when he said that. Not life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> uh, the Syracuse Orange three three five. Um, okay. Opening at the Dome against Louisville. Uh, September 3rd, it's a primetime game, and you know, you've got uh, Malik Cunningham is coming in there. I believe this is his third. No, hold on a second. I think Coach said he thinks it was his first time. I know, it's like one of those guys. Um, I think Coach said this would be his first time in the dome, but I'm not sure about that. And I didn't look it up. No, I think the last three times we've played Louisville has been at Louisville because of the way that the schedule got shook up with uh, COVID and everything. So. So this is going to be this is going to be very very telling. This game right off the get, September third. I'm a, is September third is a Saturday. That is Labor Day weekend. That is a Saturday. We should be here the fourth, and we will be able to to discuss this. And I'm actually very excited for this game, but I'm just as nervous about this game as I am excited because as much as I don't like to get excited about Syracuse football or basketball and in, in that way there, I don't get let down by um, any disappointments that might ensue. Uh, I try not to get too excited, but I, I just can't help it, man. And so this game makes me excited and, and nervous equally at the same time. Um, but regardless it's going to show us where this team is at. That we have a home field advantage is, is huge. And like Coach said, that may be the only advantage, but I'm not quite sure. 
Um, we'll just have to see. So it'd be an interesting first game, though. Yeah, yeah. I hate that it's not set up like a you know Wagner UConn, you know, and then go through. I know, I know, but there is some, there is a, there's a little bit of excitement about opening up against the ACC team at home off the bat. I no, would I mean, prefer a, not about, to. I no, would, yeah, but who has more? Who has more question marks and weaknesses that they haven't figured out by week one is really what that's about, right? I mean, we know what Malik Cunningham brings to the table. We know right. what they've done to us the past three times. But, I mean, I'm looking at it, yeah, Saturday, primetime game. Yeah, Saturday you know, primetime game on a, on a th- most for most people like you and I. It's a four-day weekend for me, but for you, for, for you it's a three-day weekend, right? So that is yeah. like something to look forward to. And uh, you're talking eight o'clock prime time, baby, to open this thing up. That's it that's is, gonna be freaking network, awesome. Not ESPN, but it's still yes, yeah, it's, it's fine. still prime time. And as far as right now goes, I mean, the point spread is three. Louisville's a three and a half point favorite. So already, I mean, we're getting some respect from Vegas, and considering we lost forty-one to three last year, I think that um, we're getting a little bit of um, respect there shown, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a very telling game. Very, very telling uh, to be able to get start off one and zero in the ACC. Oh, if, week if, one. I'm Huge. not even there. I just want to see how this game goes. Like they, they just got to hang, and if they can come out first game of the season against a serious opponent like Louisville, who's predicted to finish second in the conference. By some uh, people. By some. Well, the ones I saw was. Uh, There's I, a lot I've seen. It's been all over the place. I've has seen. It? Okay. All right. Well, no, fair I've enough. Seen any, I've seen Clemson, Wake Forest, NC State, Louisville. So okay. I mean, I've seen all four of those be shown as the winner. So um, this year, I think is going to be crazy in our division. Are, and um, realistically, yeah. I mean, I would I would love to know the percentage or the chances of us making a bowl game right now. And then what it would go to if we won week one. Oh, yeah, that'd be something. That would be something. Um, anyways, Michael Jones, can't wait. Super excited about it, but a huge test. Um, and um, not, not an easy one, but it is going to give everybody a very good indication of what to expect uh, for the rest of the season, I think. So, yeah. Um, Garrett Trader, you know, he, he comes in and, and, and he, he talks about, uh, we mentioned it briefly, you know, finally some consistencies, had four offensive coordinators and three years in the position and a guy who transferred and, and comes in here and has to basically go through some, some controversy to get the spot. And we mentioned we don't know what happened in the locker room, but there had to been something. You know, he, he overcomes all of this. He, he comes out on top. He's, he's another dude that... Um, character wise, I feel like, um, that's what makes him a guy you just want to root for and, and, and sit down and freaking drink some beers and talk football with, you know what I'm saying? He's that guy. He's a man's man. And, um, as talented as he is, you got to imagine now this year, there's a huge spotlight on him to fix some of the things like the passing game. That he, that he had, and um, but he's got a whole year with these guys now, pretty much well, for mm-hmm. the most part, almost a whole year. Uh, but he he mentioned, you know, it's his offense now, and he knows that he doesn't have to guess it. He doesn't have to fight an uphill battle. He's starting on level ground. Start the season in the first game, and 
you know, when he came in in the fourth game of the season last year, it was an uphill battle. And it's just a lot of pressure with a new team and uh, learning a new playbook from, a, from another offensive coordinator. But now that he's got the consistency, Joe, um, how confident are you, do you think, in him just grabbing this thing and becoming someone that can not only run and be a threat with the run, which he was going to be anyway, but to also make defenses kind of hold off on, on coming after this guy too much because now he can pass. Because that's the only thing that we really – that's the hurdle he needs to overcome. My confidence level would be higher if it was just based on him. If I could turn around and I know that we have stud receivers, stud pass blocking, I think that my confidence would be pretty high. Well, super high. My confidence is still high because this guy is somebody that I just nothing rattles him. Like, I mean, I just remember just watching him and just seeing the difference. And then when he got in the game last year, it was like, what are we doing? Why are we even questioning this? Then they got in there and it was like, I mean, yeah, we had some issues and we had some some depth issues and things like that. But this dude doesn't get rattled. I mean, he sits there every single time at a press conference. He don't get hyped up. You know, he's got his it's cool, calm, cool, calm, level headed demeanor. Right. Yeah. I mean, the dude's a damn pilot. I mean, he flies planes and stuff. You need to have a little bit of a cool, calm demeanor to do that. I mean, he just seems like a chill dude that when he gets put in that competitive situation, it's like he's out there, but he doesn't never, ever let anything get to him. Or he did like DeVito. Every single time something happened, it was like he was all over the place. He was, he was, he was, he he got frazzled too easy. He got frazzled. He got frazzled too easy. And Garrett Schrader does not get frazzled too easy. He does. So, I mean, I, and I just hate like all the haters and all the people that still coming into this year speculating that Garrett Schrader, the minute we get a transfer that would come full from Florida four star, he's going to be the starter. Put him in. Like, I don't, I don't see how certain people didn't see this and see just through what he had to endure last well, it's, year. It's um, fandom. That's all it is. Uh, yeah. Well, we're going to see, but I'm, I'm, I'm minus worrying about the offensive line and how much better they got as far as pass blocking and receivers. Um, I know that he did his part as a leader, as getting the attention to everybody, respect, and learn, yeah. learning this playbook, gaining the respect of his team. And like he said, he is the leader, and he is holding everybody accountable, not just the quarterbacks, not just the offense, not just everybody. Defense, whole, all the, the whole team. So that's, that's, that's a good leader, and it's, it's a step in the right direction. Doesn't mean that it always equates to W's, but it definitely, definitely is a positive versus, you know, obviously a guy that can't control a locker room. Though the though the the the, the soft spot on the team past couple of years been the offensive line, you know, you um, feel a little bit better, I think, um, after hearing from Bergeron, and he seems like someone who's um, either still adjusting with a better grasp, but you know, still adjusting to American football. Okay, I had no idea that in Canada. They start the receivers ten yards. Oh yeah, at the line of scrimmage. That There's is completely different rules. So a, stupid. Yeah. So, Dude, you get a running start in Canada. Yeah. So uh, the field's bigger there, you know. So mm-hmm. it makes a little bit of sense. But there's there's the twelfth man on on defense, right? Is that what it is? Oh God, I don't know. Okay, I, I, uh, I don't know. About I think that the, one, I think but. the sides are the sides are odd. 
I believe. So anyways, I, who the hell know. cares? Who the hell cares? Uh, I, I could be totally wrong. I don't care. But my point is, is that... Go Toronto Argonauts. With, yeah, Argonauts. That's right. Where did we hear that? <laughs> what the that hell was, was that from? Episode. Huh? That was another episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Bergeron, you know, he's the offensive line has, has got it kind of made. In the in the in the fact that these guys aren't going to just bake back there, um, they're they're going to create their own place, which is what Tucker and Garrett Trader do. They just create their own place, and their the field vision of Garrett Trader for a quarterback is exceptional. And obviously, Sean Tucker's right. Obvi- you know, obviously, it goes without saying. Yeah. So so it takes a little bit of the strain off of the offensive line. So they've just got to give him a little, these guys, both of them, uh, a little bit. And just, we're just looking for a little bit, you know, that comes with a, a, a little bit of effort and, um, you know, some strength, but it's, it's consistency. Too. It's consistency. That's, yeah. That's easy for me to say, but that's right. all we're looking for. Right. So when mm-hmm. we talk about the offensive line for the past couple of years, this year, the 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 amount of the the amount that they had to step it up isn't as bad as it could be because of who you got back there. I guess what I'm saying. Does that make sense? I mean, that's part of it. But again, I think I I look at it. I view it like last year and everything is like a different kind of view. Even the year before is that I just think that we had an offensive line that was good at pa- or good at run good block. at run blocking. Yeah. And not that good at pass blocking. Yeah. And then when you put yourself in situations, you haven't had a great to, passer either. And that's and when you and or the receivers, you can. I mean, uh, there's been question marks ways. there sure, for yeah. a couple of years, right? right so yeah. it's a situation where where do you start? But I mean, if you don't put yourself in a situation where you can run through the fourth quarter, then a lot of times you don't have to worry about that. I think one of the problems that we've had is is that we can run, yeah, but when you're down three touchdowns in the second half, or two touchdowns in the second half, it's demoralizing. I think uh, people. Well, then you need to start passing, right? Yeah, and then you have to, and then they bring the house, and right. So they knew we couldn't pass, and if they bring the house, we can't run. So and that's you why get to it, a point where it kind of looks ugly, and that's why it looked ugly for Devito for a little while, and uh, probably frazzled him to the point where he couldn't come back from it. And then here comes Garrett Schrader, and here we are. And he had a, what, two-thirds of a year to prove to the team that he was the leader in offseason that's gotten better, and here we are. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, just don't cut the beard. It's my, like, only request for that dude. He trimmed it, which is... He trimmed it and got a nice little fade. <laughs> yeah, which is a little disappointing. Just don't cut it. That's all I'm asking. Uh, so no, he's in Syracuse. We can understand. Yeah, well, true. Um, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I, I'm. I all in all, you know, the um, the press conference didn't do the justice of what I think uh, really came out of ACC Media Day, and uh, I think that's probably something that um, I don't know. It's du- it's duly noted in my head. Now, something did come out of ACC Media Day in the in the in the um, press conference, though. Do you want to elaborate? Do we want to hold off on this? Because um, we're gonna have we're gonna have Tyler on uh, the next episode. We're gonna have Tyler on. I think we're gonna do. I don't know if we're gonna do picks, but we might do 
we might do um, just total buy seller holds, buy seller holds, and like um, final 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 schedule predictions, maybe upsets, uh, whatever like that. But we're not going to go through every game and do picks. It'll take three hours. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the whole story, but um, I mean, we can talk about it when Tyler comes. All right, we'll talk about it with Tyler. Okay. All right. Um, right. That's pretty much all I got. All I can say is is that I am excited. um, I got a couple things. For football. You got a couple things. Go figure. Right when I'm about to shut this thing down. No, dude, I'm I'm sorry. It's just news, right? So um, there's some recent news. You know, obviously camp started, what, two days ago. So Mm -hmm. um, now from here on out for the next month, we're going to be getting news like this. Um, But – they uh, announced that wide receiver Javante Williams and offensive lineman Will Fromey have left the program and put and gone into the uh, transfer portal. Um, Will Fromey, I think, has been here three or four years, hasn't really played, so I can understand that a little bit. Javante Williams was kind of a guy that I thought was an underrated prospect, and he came in, and I was hearing good things about him, but he went into the transfer portal, so um, we're not going to have those two guys this year. Um, in the first the first practice, Isaiah Jones left with an injury. I know Dino Babers talked about that because um, they had a little presser and everything. So that was the only kind of. But uh, one thing that I was looking for that was pretty positive to me was that um, Kavon Darton, number forty five, defensive lineman, the guy that's just got a motor. I know that if you, I mean, I know personally, me, I've looked on the field and I'm like, who is that forty five with the dreads hanging out of his helmet? that just won't stop like attacking people on defensive line. Um, he came in and I had no idea who he was. And the reason why I had no idea who he was was because he was a walk on. Yeah. And he was a walk on that played in six games, two years ago, played in every game last year. And, uh, just three days ago, he earned his scholarship and he moved from walk on to, um, to a scholarship, scholarship. player. So, um, that's pretty cool to see. And, and honestly, I mean, he, he earned it, he worked for it, and that's going to be a guy that's going to be in there. You're going to see him, number 45. Uh, you know, it's just cool to know that these guys come from a place where, you know, no D1 team really wants you, and you go in there and you prove yourself after three years to where, three or four years to where you're actually out there in the rotation playing every single game. That's pretty impressive. And, um, you know, just to give you some thought, you know, when you see number 45 out there on D-line, just know where he came from, and he's out there, and he's going to give 110%. Yeah, no, that's cool. And um, trying to was just trying to think who is we just we had one of those recently. Who was it? Oh, did didn't we? Like oh, it was um, it was um, it was Schmidt. It was Andre Schmidt. It wasn't. Recently. Oh yeah, Andre Schmidt his freshman year when he yeah. won. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's we got some young guys. We got some young guys that are hungry. We got so obviously a walk on. That turned around and got a scholarship. He's hungry too. Um, so I know everyone's worried about the defensive line, but we got a lot of hungry guys with some good motors up there that are going to try to wreak havoc. They're going to go out there and do it. They're going to try to do it. We'll see. Yeah, going to be fun to watch. So, um, all right, we are going to we'll go, we'll, we're going to shoot for two weeks ish again. And um, we'll compile something and be back, have a little fun. With, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of news. With the, with the football season coming up. So um, that is going to do it for us today. So uh, 
pretty soon we'll be back on the socials on a, on a, on a consistent basis, by the way. And uh, oh, yeah. we'll have some fun. By the way, uh, El Presidente, great in uh, Varsity Pizza, 6.5. Oof. Oof, oof. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Never.